Greetings to all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I thank Pastor Darrell for giving me this opportunity to stand before you all with the living word of God. Uh, today I had taken a topic for today's message is how to tackle the pursuit of pleasure. How to tackle the pursuit of pleasure. Uh, we all know human beings are pleasure seekers. There is no doubt. We all seek pleasures. I, I don't want to act like a holy saint. No, I don't know pleasures. I, I had never experienced pleasure in my life. We all seek pleasures and we live in an entertainment you know, culture in which we spend most of our time, our energy, everything, our money to add more facilities, add more experience that gives us pleasure. But often we come with different world views and different Christian views in which you know, we have a sort of confusion whether what you're doing is right or not. And there is a strong uh, view about Christianity and uh, God. People often say that Christianity is a boring lifestyle. God, Christian God is too strict. He's like a strict taskmaster. He doesn't encourage any sort of fun. All he knows is rules and regulations, seriousness. So I, I, I thought it is worth spending some time to know what the Bible says about the pleasures. So I would like to give a definition. Hope oh, it's on the display. Yeah. Uh, I would like to give a definition like from two perspectives. The first one is a general definition that goes like this. Pleasure refers to experience that feels good, that involves the enjoyment of something. It contrasts with the pain or suffering, which are forms of feeling bad. It is closely related to values, desires, and action. This is like, uh, this is like the general uh, you know, definition you get from any dictionaries. So next I would like to give a definition from Christian perspective, that is, believers are invited to take pleasure in every aspect of God's creation while not allowing pleasure in the creation to overshadow pleasure in the creator himself. Hope it is clear. So it's like, you know, on one side we have got Christian uh, ascetics, like, you know, they say that a Christian life, no pleasures, you have to be very strict, you know, all pleasures have to be avoided in Christian life. On the other side we have, like, Christians who propagate materialism, then sensuality, they say pleasure is the central focus of your life. If you're a God's child, you can have fun, you can have pleasure, that's why God created human beings. So I'm going to give few reflections from the scripture portion. So I have taken 1 Timothy uh, 6, 17 as the base for my uh, message today. It goes like this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I would like to focus on the last line. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So uh, the background of this scripture portion is Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. So he is encouraging, you know, the previous verses when you read you will understand that it was very personal message to Timothy Paul is writing. But there is a sudden shift in this verse he is, you know, addressing the wealthy people. 
So when you truly understand this scripture, you will understand Paul is not against wealth. He is not against money. He is not against any of this worldly stuff. What he is trying to say is, don't put your hope in wealth. It is uncertain. Rather, he is asking, you can have all this wealth, but your hope should be on God. It's a, just a slight difference, you know. Not on wealth, but on God. Still, he gives everything for your enjoyment. So that's the meaning of this verse. Then I would like to read one more verse that is not there in the slide. And it's Ecclesiastes uh, 5.19. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their Lord and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. So if you really enjoy your life, don't think it is your smartness, it is the wealth you have got. It is a gift of God. So life in Christ is such an awesome life, you know. When we look at the creation, when we look at how God designed our human body, you will understand that God is nowhere against of pleasures. The very uh, human body, if you keenly observe, you know, from top to bottom, it is like a well-planned one, well-programmed one. Everything we do, like, you know, there is a sort of, enjoyment. Uh, so I would like to like you know concentrate on our sensory organs. From the birth to a person's death, every human being they enjoy a sort of a pleasure. Do you know what is that? East or west food is the best. There is a saying east or west food is the best. How many of you agree there is a great pleasure in food? I just, you know, recently saw a video on YouTube, a small boy, he, he was saying, East or uh, West, food is the best. So, uh, you know, it was yesterday only I got some of these uh, notes. I am, you know, not so organized like some of the preachers who just, you know, uh, prepare everything in advance. I think sometimes God gives me more sparks <laughs> the night before my message. So it was yesterday night I came to know that, you know, men's have got, men have got longer tongue than women. I never know this one. I thought always women have a bigger tongue. But, <laughs> as, but yesterday only I came to know that the average uh, size of a man's tongue is 8.5 centimeter, whereas the average length of a woman's tongue is 7.9. So we are 0.6 <laughs> more. Uh, but the thing is, we fail in efficiency. We fail in efficiency. Nowhere we can match with a woman's tongue. Uh, so I'm just kidding. Please don't uh, misunderstand me, women, because I know that women play a great role in our life. I can't forget the role my mom played in my life. And my wife and my daughter, these three women are very important. I know how smart they are. Okay? So the first thing is food. It, is, it gives such an immense pleasure. And in this small organ tongue, God has kept thousands of taste buds. So we feel the taste, you know, when we eat food. When it comes to the matter of food, you know, I am very particular with my diet, not always. The month of October, I thought, okay, let me have some cheat days. So I started with the cheat days. The taste of food, I, I couldn't come out of that. I planned for one week, but it continued for a month. Then I said, okay, from November 1st, I'm going to stick on with my diet. 
no, on November 1st, I ate whatever I like to have. Then I told, next month is Christmas, so there is no point in having that <laughs> in November. Because anyway, all the, you know, most of the years, Christmas month, I eat everything that I get. So I thought, okay, so one month is not going to make any difference from New Year, 2023, January 1st. I will write down my, like, you know, chart, what, what is the food for Monday, Sunday. Then January 1st came, lots of sweets and cakes. I couldn't. So it still continue, you know, for the last four months. I told my wife yesterday, see, you're going to see a different demand from Feb 1st. So please do remember me in your prayers. <laughs> so the first one is I said, our tongue, taste, food gives such a pleasure if you truly, you know, uh, feel the taste of that. And the second one is our eyes. One thing I like in England is spring, you know. I like to drive during spring season. It is such a catchy, uh, like, you know, scenic beauty, uh, beauties you see, like when you drive both the sides, it's like flowers. Whereas in my country, throughout the year, 12 months, it seems the same. You don't feel the difference. When I say my country, I don't mean India. I mean my own state. So, but, you know, everything that you enjoy with your eyes, it gives a sort of pleasure. Then our nose, God has given the ability to enjoy the desirable fragrances with our nose. Then with our physical body, you know, we get this sort of relaxation, a sort of pleasure when someone gives a nice massage or a nice touch. So looking at our physical uh, like organs, there is no doubt that, you know, God really enjoys his children having pleasure. There is no doubt in that one. So Christian life is not boring as like, you know, some people say. So uh, I would like to read one more scripture portion here. That is John 10, 10. It says, I have come to give abundant life. So God is saying, I have come to give you abundant life. So seeking pleasure is not a problem. But the problem is to seek pleasure out of God. So make sure that when you seek pleasure, it should not be out of God. Uh, so I was, you know, just thinking when I prepared this message, if the pleasures on this broken world is so enjoyable, you know, so uh, like awesome, how much more the pleasure would be in the eternity. So I believe that God has kept all this pleasure in this world just to give us a brief introduction. This is how it feels when you have pleasure so that the eternal life will be thousands of times more pleasurable than this. But at the same time, uh, like scripture says that you have to be careful with some sort of pleasures. Not all the pleasures are scriptural. Not all pleasures are uh, healthy for us. In Psalm 1611, uh, Bible says, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. So as I said, we are going to have pleasure forever. Some of you may have lots of complaints about the present world, thinking I have lots of pain, struggles in my life. Let me tell you a good news. There, there's going to be a pleasure forever in the right hand of our God. So Bible doesn't talk about total denial or abstinence. But God wants you to be careful with what sort of pleasures you enjoy in your life. So I'm not promoting any sort of extremism or withdrawal because these two approaches are against God's original plan of creation. So total withdrawal and total abstinence is not 
scriptural because God has designed us to enjoy this life. In my teenage, I always had uh, trouble with uh, like, you know, the so-called Christian people. Because whenever you do some sort of enjoyment, it is not sin, some sort of fun. There is a you know, phrase or mantra among the traditional Christians back in India. Whatever you do, they, they would come and tell you, don't waste your time. Read Bible, pray. You know, every time, even uh, if I go to play cricket, when I come back, don't waste your time. Sit and pray, read Bible. I used to think, if God wants me to, me to do this 24 hours, you know, he would have created me as like an angel so that I would worship forever. But he had created me uh, a human. So there are, you know, other uh, aspects I need to enjoy when God has given me this chance on this earth. So what I'm trying to say here is not everything that you do is acceptable. At the same time, not everything is wrong. Okay. So I do remember there was a time like in my school days, it was like fun during those days, like, uh, you know, among the boys to grow long nail. I don't know about here. I was back in India at that time. Because in your school, it is very strict. Teachers will not allow you to grow nails. So it was like a sort of thrill, you know, when you grow uh, nails, hiding it from teachers. So I managed to grow a nail, very good size. So I was not caught in the school. But one day what happened, I was caught by my church pastor. During those days, pastors are very strict. They said, Niman, come inside. I went to his house. He didn't ask me anything. He took a nail cutter, just grabbed my hand and cut the nail. I was shocked. Then I said, Pastor, what is this? Then he said, no, this is not good for a God's child. You should not have this sort of fun in life. So I was thinking, God, what is wrong with having a nail? You know, all these sort of things. The other day I was making fun of my sister. She cried. When pastor came, my mom complained to pastor and said, this boy is too naughty. He's making his sister cry. Then he said, Niman, this is sin. It is forbidden in the Bible. You are not supposed to do this one. So I had lots of you know, confusion in my uh, young age, but later when I really realized the truth of the Bible, life has become so simple. It is more fun, it is more enjoyable. So I would like to draw a few principles and few boundaries here that would help you to uh, identify between the bad and good uh, pleasures. Before that, I want you to know a basic stuff. If you don't know this basic stuff, knowing good and bad pleasure is not going to help you. What is that basic stuff? You should know the ultimate goal and final destiny of your life. If you don't know the final destiny of your life, you will be like a dead wood in a running water. Wherever the water goes, you will go. Whatever pleasure comes to your life, you will enjoy that one. Because there is no purpose in your life. You don't know what is your destiny. Whatever comes, you feel, okay, it's life. Let me have it. But scripture doesn't support that one. So knowing your purpose will help you to define your life's values. When you know your life's uh, purpose, it will help you to define your values in life. So in 2021, I was really shocked to uh, you know, read a message about England, the population of Christian population in England. Some of you may know this one. Let me check the notes. I have written it here. Uh, as per the census, in 2001, the Christian population in England was 71.7 percentage. In 2001, 
and 2011 it dropped down to 59.3 percentage and 2021 it came down to 46.2 see within this 20 years a drastic fall so no more christianity is a majority religion in england i was shocked where the country is going i know the percentage of christianity in india it is too low but day by day it is increasing when i listen to this news like you know i was thinking god then what would be the purpose of the you know human life if you don't know the real purpose of your life what will be the you know moral values and ethical value of the country so i don't know what will be the census in 2031 we have to be seriously pray for this one we don't want this to go down because our kids are growing you know uh, big and they want to be exposed to good values in the society so first you should know the ultimate goal of your life or once when you know the ultimate goal this pleasures you can differentiate between the bad and the good one now i would like to draw four boundaries or four principle that will help you to know between the good and bad pleasure the first one is anything and everything that is directly forbidden in the bible is an illicit pleasure Anything and everything that is directly forbidden in the Bible is an illicit pleasure. It is very simple, you know. Just read the Bible. It is very evidently mentioned in the Bible. Whatever Bible says, don't do, don't do it. It is an illicit pleasure. Uh, and the problem with all this illicit pleasure is they are short-lived. You are not going to get any sort of fulfillment by doing this kind of pleasures. It will make you tempted again and again to do more you know pleasures eventually you will end up in uh, danger uh, in hebrew 11:25 it says hebrew 11:25 he chose to be mistreated along with the people of god rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin so any pleasure you get from sin it is short lived you are not going to be fulfilled or there is no contentment with the pleasures of sin so I would like to give two categories of pleasures. One is simple or innocent pleasure and the second one is guilty pleasure. So what is this simple or innocent pleasure? These are the pleasures, it's very cheap, inexpensive, free. You get it in your daily life. You know, you need not to have a lot of preparation to have this sort of simple or innocent, uh, you know, pleasures. Uh, some of the examples of this are like, you know, uh, taking a walk in the nature, enjoying the beauty of God's creation, a sip of coffee, or having a bonfire with friends, or uh, talking with uh, you know loved ones—all these sort of uh, you know things give us pleasure. But how to maximize this kind of pleasure? We are living in 21st century, so we lost uh, you know the real sense of pleasure. We don't see pleasure anymore in this sort of simple things. We, you know, whenever you hear the word pleasure, you feel you need to do something great to achieve pleasure. No, the simple concept is uh, keep yourself present in the, uh, like, physical world and within yourself. When you know what is happening within yourself and around you, you can, you know, experience this sort of simple pleasures. And the guilty pleasure is, is very, you know, easy to find out the guilty pleasure. Any pleasure that makes you dirty or make, uh, makes you to feel empty is a guilty pleasure. It is very simple. It is there in the word of God. Uh, and the first sin committed by human beings was this one. 
guilty pleasure. God told Adam and Eve very strongly not to eat from the fruit of the tree, but what they did, they disobeyed God. It is something very clear. So this sort of any direct commandment of God, if you disobey, it is like a guilty pleasure. The clock is running really fast. I have got three more points. And the next one is, anything and everything that controls your mind and body is a guilty pleasure. Anything and everything that controls your body, uh, mind and body is a guilty pleasure. So this sort of pleasure dominates your thoughts, your time and everything. You know, if you know like anything that dominates your thought that is not in line with the word of God, it is a guilty pleasure. I would like to give a quote from Ravi Sakaryas. Pleasure without God, without uh, the sacred boundaries will actually leave you emptier than before. And this is biblical truth. This is experiential truth. The loneliest in the world are amongst the wealthiest and most famous who found no boundaries within which to live. This is a fact I have seen again and again. This is a quote given by Ravi Sakarias and is really true. If you don't have a sacred boundaries in your life, you will not have a true pleasures in your life. So let's concentrate on the you know, word of God more in our life and you know, try to understand really what is happening in your life, uh, whether you are going in line with the word of God or you are going away from the word of God. And it is very simple, you know, this uh, sort of things doesn't happen naturally. It is your choice. If you want to stay away from guilty pleasure, it is a choice. It is not something like, you know, God created few human beings like a superhero. They don't have any sort of feelings. They don't have any pleasures. They stay away from all those things naturally. No. Uh, when I stand here, I'm having all sort of temptations as how you go through. But it is a choice. So I'm not saying that you have to be 100% perfect and, you know, successful. Even I have got failures in my life. But God looks at your very intention. God looks at your intention. Then the uh, third point is, any pleasures that you hide from others is a bad pleasure. Any pleasures that you hide from others is a bad pleasure. These uh, are the sort of pleasure that will make you feel ashamed to tell others that you find pleasure in doing such activities. So if you have any sort of things in your personal life that you really feel ashamed to tell others, it is a sort of bad pleasure. I'm not talking about the silly, funny things we do in our personal life. Uh, two days, two or three days back, I, you know, I'm a very terrible dancer. Uh, I happened to dance with my daughter uh, in our living room. My wife took a video of that. I know that she's taking a video, but I never thought that she's going to send it to my mom, her mom, <laughs> and we have a family group. Next morning, there were messages. I saw a video in the family group, me and my daughter dancing. I felt very shame because, you know, you have to see how I dance. <laughs> you know, then I told my wife, see, this is not good because I feel very shy. Look at, look at how I dance. You know, I'm not talking about this sort of thing. This is like, you know, fun, but still you feel shy. But any sort of uh, pleasures or practice that has become a habit, you're not able to come out of that and you feel ashamed, you have to be very careful. It may seem very harmless, but when you keep on doing that one, it is very harmful for your spiritual growth. And the final one is, any pleasure 
that stops you from fulfilling your responsibilities is an unhealthy pressure. Any pressure that stops you from fulfilling your responsibilities is an unhealthy pressure. So these are the sort of pressures that continuously fails you from doing your responsibility. It can be anything. It can be even sleep. It can be using internet. It can be going for shopping going for parties, anything that makes you fail from your responsibility is an unhealthy pleasure. Finally, I would like to quote uh, from G.K. Chesterton. Meaningless does not come from being weary of pain. Meaningless comes from being weary of pleasure. Often we think in life that, uh, you know, meaningless or all the uh, problems come from this sort of things we fear. But the reality is, Often we end up in trouble, not from what we fear, but from what we like the most, what we enjoy doing the most. So I would like to close my sermon here. So the true pleasure, I would tell you again, is found only in the things of God. When God created human beings, he has given us a thirst and a longingness that only God can fulfill. If you try to uh, you know, satisfy this thirst from the worldly pleasure, you will be more thirstier and more empty because this can be fulfilled only by God. So I would like you all to pray for yourself as this is something very personal, like your pleasures, your struggles you are going through. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not asking any other person to pray for you because this is something very personal to you. Sometimes you may feel shy to share it to others, but take this as an opportunity to speak to God. Let's take a silent prayer for two minutes. Just whatever problems you are going through in your life, whatever pleasures that you want to really come out of that, you know, take this as a chance. Speak to your God and ask him to come into your life to give you a freedom, a breakthrough in this one. Let's take two minutes. Uh, I have done with my message. May God bless you all. Let's have a silent prayer for two minutes.